Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Simon Mills. I'm a senior associate at Zien Group. I'd like to welcome you all to today's FS Club webinar, where we're going to be discussing SMEs, the key to unlocking net zero in the square mile. I'm joined by Maggie Berry, OBE, and Natalie Tickle, who are with the Heart of the City, a charity that supports SMEs to develop responsible business practices, ranging from implementing net zero programs, supporting their local community, to promoting inclusion and well-being in the workplace. Now, as always, the agenda for this webinar is very simple. Following my very brief introduction, our speakers are going to make their presentation and then we'll move on to the Q&A discussion. Now, I'm afraid you are all muted, but you are able to submit your questions through the chat tool to the right of your screen. Please do chip in at any point of the proceedings. I'm going to be collating your questions and I will put them to Maggie at the end. As with all of our FS Club webinars, we're going to be recording this session and you will be able to access the slides and the presentation at a later date. But before we move on, I really must thank our FS Club members who've opened up our webinar series to the public. With their help since March of 2020, we've held nearly 500 of these events on topics as diverse as money laundering, the metaverse and high salinity agriculture. The FS Club is the premier global uh, executive knowledge network for technology and finance, where members and their guests can meet over a glass of wine to debate key issues which impact on financial services, technology and society. It's very much like a, a 21st century version of the city's 17th century coffee houses. But without further ado, I really must introduce today's speaker. Maggie, can you tell us about how SMEs are the key to unlocking net zero? Absolutely. Yes. Good morning, everybody. I'm, and I'm thank you, Simon. I'm really pleased to be shining a spotlight on SMEs this morning and then addressing the question whether they are really key to unlocking net zero here in the square mile and indeed more broadly across London and the UK. I'm going to be presenting today, but as you mentioned, I'm joined by my colleague Natalie Tickle, who's our head of programmes. And Natalie's going to be on hand to answer some of your questions with me during the QA. Um, and my presentation is going to cover a mix of areas. Um, some points are relevant for SMEs directly, uh, some points are maybe more relevant for large businesses, and some points are relevant for everybody. Um, so hopefully um, there'll be a little bit of something that's, um, that piques your interest. Um, but I'm just gonna start by sharing what I mean by an SME. Um, so this is a small and medium-sized enterprise, and they are businesses with up to 250 staff, um, and they usually have left less than a 50 million euro turnover, that's about 44 million pounds sterling. Um, and our definition of SME also includes micro businesses. So those are firms with less than 10 staff. Small is taken to be businesses with 50 employees and medium is those with less than 250 employees. So I just want to start to make sure we all know um, what an SME is. So if we could go to the next slide, that would be, that would be great. So Heart City, um, Simon briefly introduced, we're a responsible business charity and for over 20 years we've been supporting SMEs with running responsible and sustainable businesses. Um, whilst we support SMEs across the UK, we have very, very strong links to the square mile and to the city. Um, indeed, we were set up by the City of London Corporation, the Bank of England and as was the FSA. The Governor of the Bank of England, Andrew Bailey, um, and the Lord Mayor of the City of London are our co-presidents and the charity is lucky enough to be homed within the Guildhall. 
and we spend our time and efforts helping SME businesses to have a positive impact by better supporting their people, places and the planet and we do this with support from a network of ambassadors and experts from larger firms or SMEs who are a bit further ahead on their sustainability journey. If we go to the next slide please. We provide hands-on and practical training support for SMEs. Um, our team are experts in taking these really complex sustainability topics and translating them down into realistic steps that a small business will be able to implement if they don't have much time or much resource. We're currently running two programmes that are listed on the screen, Climate for SMEs, Four Steps Action, which is what I'm going to be talking about um, today, as well as our Foundation for Responsible Business programme, which supports SMEs with looking after the well-being of their people, improving diversity, social justice, supporting communities, as well as reducing their environmental impact. Um, and we take all of this and help them put their activity together to build a responsible business strategy that will help them to continually change their business for the better. With regards to today's webinar, I hope we can all acknowledge that climate change is really one of the greatest issues of our time and businesses, both large and small, need to act now and to be able to demonstrate what they're doing to mitigate, uh, to mitigate against climate change. Large companies are increasingly understanding that they will need to support the SME community and supply chains to achieve their own net zero targets. We can go to the next slide. So why, does this, why is this important? Well, as well as being fundamental to the UK's economic performance, SMEs are engines of growth. They are key drivers of innovation, adaptability and creativity. They are creating jobs, generating prosperity, and they are essential to our recovery from the pandemic, levelling up communities and in reaching net zero. But they need support and able to, be, um, to fully contribute to the UK's decarbonisation uh, goals. While smaller businesses generally have lower individual carbon footprints than their larger counterparts, we know they can really collectively produce a significant overall impact. SMEs account for 99% of the UK business population. There are about 5.5 small, small medium-sized enterprises in the UK. Um, there's about 2 million actively trading companies and about 3.2 million or so that are sole, sole proprietorships. And although it doesn't always feel like it in a big city like London, most people in the UK work for an SME with over 60% um, of, um, of the working population employed within an SME. And they contribute uh, circa 50% of the turnover, 2.3 trillion, trillion pounds of private sector turnover. And in the square mile itself, there are over 24,000 registered businesses and only 330 of them have more than 250 employees. So the vast majority of businesses in the square mile are also SMEs. And we know that supply chain emissions are 11.4 times higher than operational emissions. So understandably, many, many large companies want their suppliers to measure, report and cut down their emissions, cascading climate action down the value chain. But a British Business Bank survey highlighted some of the challenges. 76% of SMEs are yet to implement comprehensive decarbonisation strategies and just 3% of the businesses they polled had measured their carbon footprint and used that measurement to, to calculate an appropriate target to reduce emissions. Um, just over half of the survey respondents said their business wasn't yet ready to prioritise net zero due to current um, economic constraints. But whilst these are unprecedentedly tough trading, trading conditions, 
the net zero challenge remains as urgent as ever and SMEs need support if, the, if entire supply chains are going to be transformed. Scientists across the world have said that we need to act quickly to reduce emissions in the atmosphere to prevent the catastrophic impacts of climate change and essentially to keep the earth as a place where humans can live. If we take no action, quite simply, the earth won't be able to sustain human life. And I'm sure you will have heard these headlines in the news just last week after the publication of the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's latest report. Now, nearly every country has net zero targets. The UK's target is to be net zero by 2050. And this target set by central government is the start of a knock-on effect, increasing, increasing focus on this area. It's putting pressure on local authorities and councils to have net zero targets, which they nearly all do, including the City of London Corporation, and it's putting pressure on large businesses, which in turn is looking to its supply chain, often made up of SMEs. And at Heart of the City, we're seeing examples of this in action with large companies putting more weight on sustainability within their tendering processes. So for example, Grosvenor, the property company, they're not going to be awarding contracts over a million pounds um, to suppliers without a science-based target. EY and Network Rail are aiming that 75% of their suppliers will have a science-based target by 2025. It's only a couple of years away. And Unilever, as an example, are prioritizing buying from suppliers that have set a science-based target. And there's also pressure in the B2C marketplace as well, as individual consumers are increasingly becoming aware of the climate crisis, and they're expecting the brands that they buy from to take it seriously as, take, take it seriously as well. And whilst I understand that many smaller businesses may think that they don't have the time or the capacity or that zero is simply just another tick box exercise, there are a whole range of business benefits that come from working towards net zero, including things like boosting competitive advantage, staying relevant to customers and helping larger companies meet their net zero targets. It supports attracting and retaining staff. And getting started now means that SMEs are going to be ahead of the regulations and prepared for what will eventually be coming down the line. And we certainly want to support that here at Heart of the City. And so it's support in future-proofing businesses, enabling that business to be able to successfully operate in a low carbon economy and really being able to identify the climate risks, which can be detrimental to a business and mitigating against them. If we go to the next slide, please. And mitigating against those risks is, is actually what the City of London Corporation is doing. So the City of London Corporation is the governing body for the square mile. It is dedicated to a vibrant and thriving city, uh, supporting a diverse and sustainable London within a globally successful UK. In 2020, they adopted a radical climate action strategy, which is breaking new ground and sets out how the organization will achieve net zero, build climate resilience and champion sustainable growth, both in the UK and globally over the next two decades. By adopting the strategy, the City Corporation is committed to achieving net zero carbon emissions um, from their own operations by 2027, uh, to achieve net zero carbon emissions across their investments and supply chain by 2040, and supporting the achievement of net zero for the square mile, this geographic space by 2040, and that's 10 years ahead of the UK target. And they're also investing 68 million pounds to support these to support these goals, of which 50 million is specifically for preparing the square mile for extreme weather events. So this strategy puts in place a plan to address emissions from their uh, from the financial and property investments and their full supply chain. It includes annual targets, and if you'd like to find out more, their progress is being shared via an online climate action dash, uh, dashboard. It's public, it's available, so you can see their, see their progress. 
And there are multiple different pillars to the strategy and things like cool, cool streets and greening projects, carbon removals, transport. But one of the pillars is about supporting small and medium-sized enterprises based in the square mile to get started on their journey to net zero. I believe this is a really innovative approach to ensure the whole business ecosystem is equipped with the right green skills and knowledge to help this geographic space reach net zero by 2040. Go to the next slide. So as part of this strategy, uh, City of London Corporation have funded Heart of the City, as, as I said, as a responsible business charity, to develop training and tools to engage SMEs in the race to zero, helping them to understand, calculate and reduce their emissions. And our Climate for SMEs, Four Steps to Action programme is designed especially for SMEs to get started on their journey to net zero with workshops and toolkits and access to sustainability and climate change experts we will teach SMEs everything they need to know about net zero. As you can see from the slide, it is based around four modules of learning, including all that, the jargon, understanding the business case and building that out relevant to your business, measuring a first carbon footprint, getting all your data docs in a row, and then what I think is one of the most important, actually creating a plan to continually reduce carbon emissions in the years to come because, you know, we're not going to be reaching net zero by Christmas. This is a long-term program that businesses need help to embed. Our program is designed to run over um, eight to 12 months, depending on the business needs. And it's set up like this to give businesses time to access the learning, go away and implement actions, come back, access more learning, ask questions, get access to experts. Net zero isn't something, as I said, that can really be tackled in, a, you know, in an afternoon or a few hours. It is definitely something that these are skills that we are going to need in, in, in the years to come and participants can access the materials and learning at any time that suits them. It's combined with live sessions and the chance to connect with other SMEs who are on the same journey. If we can go to the next slide. So one of the big things that messages I want you to all go away with today is who is eligible. This is funded for SMEs essentially that are based in the square mile. Um, this course is funded through the climate action strategy that the City of London Corporation is running. Um, so if you know any SMEs, if you are an SME, please, please have a look at signing up. It also includes businesses that have more than 50% of their operations in the square mile. So for example, if a business was maybe based out somewhere in Essex, but actually most of their customers were here, most of the work they were doing is here, they would also be eligible for a funded place. We are also able to support SME suppliers to the corporation. So anybody who's either working directly or is part of a big project, some of the big building projects that are happening in the city at the moment. And it also includes support for SME tenants of the corporation, actually in any building, whether they're in a building here in the city, I know the corporation also has some buildings elsewhere in London. And any charities, livery companies, social enterprises that again are physically based in the square mile, they're also eligible for a fully funded place. So if anything, I definitely want you to, um, to think about these categories. And if you know any SMEs who fall into these categories, please get in touch with them. We'd love, we'd love them to access this support. And we, we really want this support to reach hundreds of SMEs um, across, across the city. If I could go to the next slide, please. And as part of the work, um, as well as that full programme, We've also created a free online climate action toolkit, which is available to SMEs anywhere in the UK. In fact, it's available to anyone anywhere who would like to find out more about net zero. It's broken down into the same four part uh, format as the course, but businesses can start with no knowledge of net zero, 
we'll get them used to all the all the terms and they'll finish if they follow all the steps they'll finish having measured their carbon footprint and with a plan to get to net zero it's all free to download you do need to give us some of your contact details because we need to know who you are but we would love any support in sharing this resource and indeed if you access it if you use it we'd also love your feedback <laughs> so please the the link is there and it's on it's towards the end of the presentation as well so please do please do have a look at the toolkit and help us spread the word if i can go to the next slide please um, to step away from the city for a moment, I've mentioned science-based targets a couple of times. Um, if you're not familiar, the Science-Based Targets Initiative, also known as SBTI, um, drives ambitious climate action in the private sector by enabling organisations to set science-based emissions reductions targets. I mentioned earlier, Grosvenor have stated that from this year, their intention is that they will not be awarding contracts over a million pounds to suppliers without a science-based target. But Grosvenor already have SME suppliers that they know and love and want to be able to keep working with. So they asked Heart of the City to deliver an eight-month mentoring programme to specifically help a cohort of their SME suppliers to measure their carbon footprint and to set a science-based target. You can see what the, the programme included online workshops, um, clinic sessions, drop-in sections, access to online learning, as well as access to one of our programme managers who provided one-to-one -one support. So there was a lot of hard work involved, but if we go to the next slide, you'll see that the results really spoke for themselves. About 40 suppliers took part. They represented quite a chunk of Grosvenor's spend, but through the programme, 82% of them measured their carbon footprint, and 74% of them have now submitted a science-based target. So these are really fantastic results. And what it's going to show is that the equivalent um, 65,000 tonnes of carbon will be eliminated by 2030, which is the equivalent of heating 26,000 UK homes for a year. Um, but interesting, what it has also done is increase the number of UK-based SMEs with a science-based target by 20%. And we're really hoping um, that we can see more of this type of programme because increasingly we're seeing larger corporates asking for their supply chain to have set a science-based target. As well as Grosvenor, we're already working with um, SMEs who are in supply chains, uh, firms like Schroders, UBS, Freshfields, PwC and Siemens, and we'd love to be supporting more. So if you hear of businesses who are looking for support for SMEs with net zero or responsible business, um, please get in touch. It's, it's clear that these large companies aren't going to be able to achieve their own net zero goals without the engagement of their whole value chains. And we feel at Heart City that we've got a really practical solution that we'd love to share with them and that they can use if it might be helpful to get them, get them, towards, their, get them towards their goals. If we can go to the next slide. Now, we know that working towards net zero uh, could be like a huge endeavour, especially if you're a small or medium-sized business, but even the biggest businesses are taking that journey one milestone at a time. So I'm going to close today's presentation with four areas of top tips. Now, these are really high level, they're overarching. If you'd like more support, please do have a look at the toolkit or if you're eligible, sign up for the programme. There is a lot of net zero jargon and we have a really useful jargon buster online. So please have a look at that. Um, and whilst we currently only have funding for SMEs kind of linked to the square mile, SMEs elsewhere in London or across the UK, they, they are eligible. They, if they're not eligible for a funded place, they are able to self-fund. And indeed, we do have businesses who are self-funding. So please do have a think about that. 
But the first tip I want to share is all around kind of carbon reduction in your physical environment. So this is things like looking at your equipment, your laptops, your till points, your printers, making sure that they are performing to their best ability. This is all about you keeping your equipment regularly serviced, clean, cared for, and you'll know efficient equipment prevents it using unnecessary energy to work as it's meant to. Think about recycling. This might sound really simple, but it's also a really effective and quick win. Get rid of personal under-desk bins, set up communal recycling stations, colour code bins, according to what can be recycled, so that your staff don't even need to think twice about what they do, about what they do with rubbish. If you're in a shared office environment, which I think many of you might be if you're based in the city, start a conversation with other businesses in your building, thinking even about consolidating deliveries, because this would mean less delivery vans and lorries on the road in the, in the square mile. If you have budget, consider investing in energy efficient technology that will be more effective in the long term. So maybe printers that only switch on when you use your key card or something like that, or Alongside this, think about recycling your old tech so that we can that will assist in in, um, in emissions being generated in the production of new new technology. Think about your lighting. Um, use LED light bulbs. Make sure any natural light isn't blocked. Can you have areas where the lighting turns off and on off when there's nobody using the space? All these kind of things. And things like turning off heating in unused spaces and bleeding radiators regularly. I mean, these are the kind of things that you probably do in your own house. Think about doing them in your office space as well. And finally, if you're not using a green energy supplier already, think about switching. This is a really immediate, quick and effective win to reduce carbon emissions. And then if you're working in an online or a hybrid environment, which I imagine many of us are, even consider your email emissions. Um, a standard email emits approximately four grams of CO2 and an email with an attachment can emit up to 50 grams of CO2. So maybe there's something about agreeing with your team to only send emails to people that the information is definitely relevant for, maybe to use that reply all function less. Um, if you're using things like Microsoft Teams, turn off additional features such as um, touch ups or high definition, even, even gallery view. This will all help to reduce the energy needed to stream your video link. You could go even further. If you know each other, you can probably turn off the video. That, that can also be helpful. It's even things about looking at internet searches because the power needed to perform the task creates emissions. So you could consider using an eco search engine. Um, it's one called Ecosia that uses ad revenues to fund reforestation projects. So the more search you do, the more trees, uh, the more trees are planted. And you can also encourage I mean, I'd like to think everybody's doing this anyway, to use energy saving mode for laptops, computers, printers, and to properly switch off rather than leaving things in, um, leaving things at standby. So there are just some ideas around carbon reduction. And if we go to the next slide, my second top tip is related to engagement. Um, it's a really critical part of the puzzle. Um, Net Zero needs everybody in a business to be on board so that they can understand the journey, how it fits with your business priorities, and so they can effectively contribute as well. So you might start about thinking about mapping your stakeholders, internal, external. Think about anyone who can influence this, take, who's going to champion it, anyone who needs to know about what you're doing. Um, and don't forget to include colleagues and teams who are going to help you gather data. That might be procurement, HR, your office manager. And at some point, you're likely to need resources. So that could be time, it could be money, um, it could simply be support to communicate what you're doing. Um, but if you're needing to build that business case, again, we've got support and advice in the toolkit, but really think about linking it 
linking net zero to your business's priorities. It can help you know, the business to stay competitive, win new business and tenders, attract new customers and, and employees. And if your senior team's already on board, which I hope they will be, consider what kind of support you need from them. Time, energy, money, simply engagement. And think about your other colleagues who might be able to help as well, especially people who are maybe already interested in sustainability. And it could be that there might be different teams that could volunteer their expertise to really um, focus on different aspects of the journey, such as internal comms. And we would recommend, depending on the size of your business, creating a sustainability committee um, might bring a bit of structure to the journey and it'll help ensure that there isn't just one person in the business trying to, trying to reach net zero. Um, and it's the kind of thing that could then maybe be included in personal development plans to make sure that commitment and contribution is recognised internally. If we go to the next slide. I'm going to, our third top tip, um, I mean, my goodness, this is one slide and it's probably one of the biggest areas, collecting the data. Um, so I am only touching the surface on this, really. I would, yeah, as I say, I'd recommend you have a look at the online resources. Um, <clears throat> but we'd recommend starting with a, an audit of your workplace to try and identify some quick wins to, uh, um, to reduce your carbon emissions. So think about things like your central heating. Is it maintained regularly? Are there any inefficiencies that might be causing more energy to be, to be used than is needed? Um, Again, like could radiator or boiler pipes be lagged? Is there, if you make sure you've got double, double glazing. On the other side of things, on the cooling systems, are they adapted to the space that you're in? Are timers working? Are they on the correct settings? And with regard to things like lightings, have you got lights in places where they don't need to be, like in cupboards or different things? And is any natural light being blocked or overlooked? And then if you're, if you're a company that uses vehicles, are you auditing vehicles' journeys? Are, your, are certain journeys avoidable? I mean, I would say during COVID, there's been such a, an adoption of conf, uh, video conferencing technologies, but now making sure that continues to be embedded. And think about electricity um, and the data you'll need to, call, um, to calculate. Um, it's gonna be found on your electricity, electricity bill, and you'll need to be looking at the percentage of the electricity that you consume is um, what's renewable. And I imagine that many of you will be in rented space, so you'll probably be needing to get in touch with landlords or building managers to ask them for some of this information. I know that can't always is not always the easiest conversation, but within the toolkit, we've actually got some resources around the information that you need to ask of a landlord in order to calculate the, ener you know, the energy use that's being attributed to you. And then think about things like employee commuting, whether you've got staff coming in and trains on a bus, if they're driving cars. We've got templates in the toolkit that you can use to track all of this data, and it can be done initially in a really simple spreadsheet that, that you can then move across to one of the calculators that'll help you um, help you to calculate the emissions. If we go to the next slide, my final top tip today is all linked to strategy, and each strategy is going to be different, um, and it needs to reflect the missions that you have and that are they're going to be unique to your business but you need to outline solutions that are relevant and achievable for you. So we'd suggest um, considering ambition, budget, ownership and government. So ambition about what, when do you want to reach net zero and what's practically possible. Budget is thinking about some of the changes that you'll need to make will cost money in the short term, but will save money in the longer term. So how are you going to access some budget for that? Could you maybe access green funds? Um, in terms of ownership, who's going to look at all this work? It can't necessarily sit on one person's shoulders. And then consider the governance, so right, how you can embed this into existing mechanisms within your business, the meetings, the committees, the networks that you already have in place. 
And we'd recommend really starting with what you already can control and, and influence and focus on measuring and reducing these as quickly as possible. At the minimum, as we suggested, do an audit. So you're at least aware of what, what actions you might need to take. And make sure people know you're on this journey. A key part of your success will be getting people on board and articulating for each action, like the timings of each action, who, who owns it, the cost, um, and ideally, if you've got an idea of how much reduction you'll be able to make. Having short, medium, long-term goals, we all know this within strategy, but definitely consider that. Now, we've not touched on the final point today. Um, it's a big topic as well, but consider how you might be able to offset your emissions um, and what schemes might be suitable for your business. We have a free session coming up in June, all about collecting and measuring carbon data. So please, please do have a look at that. We'll share the links in the chat box. But I'm going to leave with some thoughts as to how you could support us. So if we can go to the next slide. Um, as I say, we would love some help in sharing the places on the free programme. So if you're an SME yourself, you're for your networks or trade bodies, anybody like that who can help us share, please get in touch. We'd love anything along, along those lines. Again, any help to share the free type, the, the toolkit. Um, you know, people in, in all sorts of businesses have been accessing it. So although it's aimed at SMEs, businesses across the board have, have given us some positive feedback. If you're from a larger company, please think about equipping SMEs in your supply chain or your community to take a real um, 360 approach to the responsible business in net zero. So you could consider sponsoring them onto some of the programmes. We can also run one-off training events, workshops, if a shorter interaction is maybe helpful. This might be interesting in business, it could be a network. Again, we'd really welcome conversations um, to find out what might, might be of interest. We can also put together a workshop series or mentoring programmes like we did with Grosvenor, so to help them set the science-based targets. And we can also develop bespoke activity, depending what might be interesting. So you might be sitting in a network community who would like a bit of help with this to spark some ideas, and we'd love to help you with that. So, you know, please do, please do get in touch. I realise I've provided a lot of food for thought today, but I really hope it's piqued some interest and, and made you really aware of the important role that SMEs are going to play in getting the square mile and, and the UK generally to net, to net zero. And I hope I've provided some ideas and those top tips for ways that you can get started if you've not done anything yet. Please check out the toolkit because there's lots of information on there. And if you are an, an eligible SME, please sign up for a place and course. We would love to start supporting you. And I'm just going to come, this is my penultimate slide, the next one. I cannot close it. I realise today has all been about net zero, but I'm going to close with a final shout out for our Foundations for Responsible Business programme. Until June, we have some final free places for SMEs that are based in Camden, Hackney, Islington, Lambeth and Thuzzock. They'll be able to access 12 months of support all around different areas of responsible business, including environment and net zero. So if you know any SMEs in those areas, we would also love them to be able to access this funded support. And I'm going to go to the final slide. If you'd like to find out any more, we're going to take some questions now. Please get in touch. My contact details are there. Um, if you only do one thing after hearing this today, please have a look at the Climate Action Toolkit. The link is on the screen um, and share that with any SMEs that you know so that we can really help them in unlocking the role in getting the square mile to net zero. Simon, that's it from me in terms of the formal presentation. Um, I hope that's been interesting. And I said, I hope it sparked some ideas for people and made them aware of the role that SMEs play and how Heart City can provide support.
Well, that was absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Maggie. I really loved some of the tips you'd got in there, particularly around reducing your your footprint in the digital environment. It's something that that people perhaps don't think of enough. Um, you know, I think it's, it, it is incredibly important. And on the recycling point you made, businesses in the square mile are already on a winner because their waste is transported over city by barge rather by barge. Than, than, than in trucks. So and I'm sure there are some calculations that have been done to calculate the, the scope for emissions there. Now, Indeed. I can see that we have a lot of questions from our audience, but as oh, the chairman, the privilege of asking the first one falls to me. So all businesses are on the same road. Uh, and we know that, that no business can can reach net zero by themselves and, and no business can be afforded to left be, be left behind. You've touched on the supply chain pressure that's being placed, placed on SMEs by their, their large corporate customers. What more should large firms do to help their SME suppliers? Yeah, absolutely. Great, great question. Um, we are seeing, so the example that I shared about Grosvenor, I think is a really innovative program. You know, they, they're asking all of their suppliers to look at science-based targets, but they, they know how important a role their SME supply chain is to them, but they also realise that's quite a big ask in this current moment, in this current, in these current economic challenges. Um, and so what we'd be calling upon is companies to really think about what support would be needed um, I know some large corporates at the moment are still focused on say maybe their top 25 suppliers, you know, big, big buying from big. But really, we really want to accelerate the conversation that will support that whole value chain. So that might be tier one, tier two spend, who are more, more likely going to be smaller, to give them those kind of practical green skills that will help them embed this in their business going forward and to be on be on the front foot so that they're not catching up and they're going to be ahead of the curve of any any kind of regulation coming down coming down the line and we would say it does need to be really kind of hands-on practical support this is not this is not an easy it's not an easy topic you know it's not the kind of thing you can you know kind of get to grips with just in a couple of hours it is the kind of thing that businesses need to invest time in and we'd love to see larger companies coming together to support to support their to support smaller ones in this in this space Fantastic. And of course, if they do that sort of thing, then they've got a chance to, to win a Dragon Award as well. So uh, we'll, we'll, <laughs> oh, we we'll push them in that direction. <laughs> absolutely. Yes, absolutely. We didn't even touch on the Dragon Awards. Have a look at the website, the Lord Mayor's Dragon Awards. Um, and to, actually, we have a very specific category for SMEs within those awards as well to celebrate the work that small businesses are doing in, in the responsible business space. So, yeah, please do have a look at that. Fantastic. Now, a lot of the activities around scope one and two are really just business hygiene. You don't have to tell a small business that they need to cut their their energy and, and, and fuel bills, you know, particularly in this climate. What practical help can small businesses in the square mile access to actually help them cut those bills? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to call. I'm um, as we start as we go into maybe some more technical questions. I'm going, Natalie, if you're if you're able to come on and maybe help support some of the questions as well. Natalie, as I said, is our head of programs, so it's her team that are actually delivering the hands-on programs that we're that we're doing. Um, and I think there are there are a lot of resources online that businesses can access. There are training programs that businesses can access. There's consultants that people can can access. 
what we want to be able to do at Heart of City is to equip SMEs with the skills they need themselves so they don't need to pay for expensive consultants to come in and do so that they can over over you know over this next bit of time kind of develop this knowledge and understanding within their own businesses to be able to you know to track and reduce and once we've done some of the quick wins we're going to get some more some kind of problem stuff that's maybe a bit more narrowly to reduce in the years in the years to come natalie is there anything that you would add around other support i mean obviously we've got the work at heart of the city but if there's anything else that that the team have seen that you might recommend yeah there is um a lot of free support out there there's some really good sort of eco audits that smes can access for free um but as you say sort of um scope one and scope two is almost hygiene factors and where the work really comes in is sort of that scope free measurement and we've got lots of tools and and resources that that can support with that fantastic um now a lot of people are going to be aware out there that many aspects of an SME's carbon footprints are, are beyond their control. I mean, for example, if they're in a multi-tenanted premises, they, they may have very limited control over their energy supplier or the efficiency of their building. What advice would you, would you uh, offer an SME in these circumstances to try and, and get control of their, their carbon emissions and their, and their energy bills? Yeah, I, I will touch on this slightly and then I'm going to ask Natalie for a bit more insight on that as well. Um, yes, it's tricky sometimes to even get the data, let alone change it. Um, and I think this is going to be part of the journey for the whole business community around net zero. And I think some of these conversations now are maybe a bit challenging. Maybe some landlords aren't quite open to sharing this data. They've never had to do it before, but increasingly they are looking at it. And I think the more tenants that ask them for this information and ask to have conversations and ask to push this agenda forward, is, is going to change things as, as, in the, as, as the years progress. And certainly I know within the City of London Corporation for their tenants, they're looking at how they can implement specifically green, green leases. So it is increasingly coming, coming to the fore. Um, Natalie might be able to touch on this a bit more, but one of the things that we realised it was difficult for SMEs sometimes to get data. So what we've, to, to be able to drop into their, into their, foot, their carbon footprint measurement. So what we've helped to do is create some kind of proxy data that SMEs, can use so at least they can put in some idea of what this might be and as time progresses the, the carbon footprint measurement will get more and more accurate as more and more data comes available. Natalie is there anything else that you would like to share around that piece of work because I know that's one of the areas that's been quite quite challenging for some of the SMEs we've worked with. Yeah, I, I think sometimes um, joining up with other tenants as well, if you can. So it's sort of um, applying the pressure together. So if there's a sort of group request for data, sometimes it's a little bit um, easier to get across the line. Um, we're really hoping it is going to get easier and easier, though, because I think there's going to be more pressure on landlords to do this. We're seeing more um, sort of green shared working spaces opening and and other landlords sort of moving towards green leases. So there is really, to retain tenants, there is going to be a sort of pressure to be able to provide this data and work with tenants um, to decarbonise. So, but I think in the short term, if you're having trouble, speak to other tenants. See. Absolutely. And, and presumably there must be benchmarking data out there for uh, per square put, foot for, for carbon dioxide emissions. Um, so that, that tenants can actually make a, uh, a decision when they're choosing new premises on, on where to locate. Absolutely. And one of, one of the things we are sometimes seeing, some businesses that we've, you know, we've talked to, like, we've pretty much done anything. 
everything the only ultimately the only thing we can change is the is the building we're in i think they are some of the conversations that will come down the line with landlords because you know businesses won't want to be in their building if they can't if they can't offer them if they can't offer them the information and data that they need yeah absolutely now looking beyond net zero does heart of the city have any plans to to help businesses with climate change adaptation rather than mitigation so you know we're going to be facing some extremely hot summers and and floods and plagues of frogs etc what uh, what can you do to help businesses prepare for this um i think the climate resilience uh, are 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 steps that will be coming as as businesses develop their programs so the work that we have focused is really around those the kind of the building blocks that you need to put in place to be able to do that first carbon footprint measure and really understand it and then more of the work's going to come you know in the years to come but certainly the work that the city's doing around as you're saying like climate adaptation that's going to be coming down the line as well and we will continually develop our programs as more knowledge and understanding in this space becomes available about what what small businesses can do excellent now uh, i'd like to pick up on one thing that you did mention right at the very end of your talk and that's on on offsetting now offsetting can be a real minefield so uh are you currently looking at um providing advice to uh to smes uh, on offsetting i mean my advice would be avoid it like the plague and just do the other <laughs> stuff but what what's your take on this we could probably do a whole session on offsetting which is why i didn't touch on it do you want to share something um, so i think our, our key messages as part of the program is that offsetting should only be part of your journey to um, net zero. So don't look at offsetting as the answer, always be working towards reduction and net zero. And if you choose to offset on that journey, then then fine. But it's a really complicated space um, and getting offsets as an SME is really difficult as well. So, you know, if you decide not to go down that route, I think there's no, no problem with that. And, you know, perhaps use budget that you might use um, that you might set aside for offsetting to perhaps you know donate to environmental charities or to sign up for the Heart of the City program <laughs> in your environmental footprint. So um, I don't. It's really tricky. It's really complicated. There's a lot of grey areas. So um, yeah, we're we're going to try and do some more sessions on this. But really, your focus should be reaching net zero and reduction at every point on that journey absolutely um now i'm afraid that time has caught up with us ladies and gentlemen i know that some of you have still got questions to ask please do contact our speakers directly access the the heart of the city website uh you're also going to be able to um to, to revisit uh this talk with all of the slides which show email addresses etc uh um in the next couple of days because we're going to be posting that online um it just remains for me to thank the members of the FS Club for making today possible. I would also urge you to keep an eye on our forthcoming events page for more webinars. Uh, coming up, we've got Financial Centres of the World 2023, focus on Kigali, which is happening on the 30th of March. 
AI and the law, can the law keep up with a rapid expansion of AI capabilities and deployments on the 3rd of April and the illusion of control? Why financial crises happen and what we can and can't do about it on the 4th of April. You can catch up with all of our previous webinars on YouTube or our new Pizzazz TV channel. We do hope you're going to see you, we're going to see you again soon. Uh, thank you very much to our speakers and goodbye.